right. So, uh, as you can tell, we didn't have an intro in this week. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy couple of weeks here at the, the old schoolhouse in the south. Mason's with me. Uh, I actually don't even have my podcast equipment. It's packed up because so as, as some of you all saw, saw on September 1st, my wife and I, we welcomed a beautiful baby boy, Briar Hayes Duncan, into the world. Um, along with welcoming a baby into the world, my wife wanted to move closer to her family who lives in Raleigh, Mississippi. So we, we originally, we live in Wiggins now. So on top of having a kid or having a newborn baby, we're also in the process of moving to Raleigh. We've already sold our house down here and we bought a house up there and we're renovating that house. So it's uh, it's been pretty hectic for us. Um, and I, I know that was one reason that I haven't been able to record anything um, or do any type of editing. That's why this won't have any advertisement or the type of ads that you're used to. It won't have an intro to it. Me and Mason just we talk about hunting a little bit. You know, I mean, we don't ever get on here and do this. We don't ever talk about hunting for ourselves. And we do coon hunt. Uh, <laughs> right, Mason? People that don't know, we, we do actually coon hunt every now and then ourselves. Well, if you want to call it that, we go. Yeah. Well, you you won at the Tennessee River Classic the night you got in. Yeah, I got lucky. Yeah, I think I won my cast. Didn't get in another night, so. What happened with that cast? Uh, the night I got in, it's just a one-hour cast. I can't remember. I think I had a 75-strike, 100 tree, got by myself, tried a coon right there at the end of the cast. Burnt way too much time on the ground, but it is what it is. Uh, come out on top and got in the final four. It was me, Weed, and Danny Raper, and uh, I can't remember the other boy's last name, Tyler or something. But anyways, um, we had a good hunt. Uh, I drew out with little TJ, so I had to deal with him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, keep him on the wood. That's right. Um. So, and uh, you and you went and... You and Barry went to Iowa, recorded a podcast. You looked like uh, Cody Johnson off Wish. Uh, <laughs> they're singing this uh, this wedding or something. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, I don't know who's looked like a Wish was. version of Cody Johnson. I don't know whose wedding it was, but I was there and I was. I had <laughs> I had a, a a cold drink in one hand and a microphone in the other before the night was over with, and I don't remember much about it. <laughs> A pretty good looking cowboy hat on too, I will admit. Uh, so what happened with uh, what what podcast you recorded up there? Tell, tell them what happened. This is another reason we're not releasing an episode this week. Leave it to me to mess something up. Um, me and with Barry, audio, especially. Yeah, that's right. Me and Barry <laughs> went to it's Parnell, Iowa. That's where his wife is from. We went up there for his niece, his niece's wedding. Well. Much uh, a lot of people know Merlin Hershenberger and uh, Jacob Humphreys. We was gonna sit down and have a podcast with them, and we done it. And I, I only had three microphones, so I, before we left, I went and bought a went and bought a microphone. It was a uh, it, was a, it was a local music store. The guy ensured me that this was a good it was a used microphone, but he ensured me it was it was a good one that he had done tested it and everything. Well, I get up there and I get everything set up, and we I don't like. We're kind of rushed because of the wedding that evening. We start doing the podcast. We get about right at two hours done. Real good podcast, I thought. Barry, Barry co-hosted with me. And I get home and go to editing, and 
my voice is nowhere to be found. Come to find out that was a bad mic and I lost $75 on that, so that's that. But anyways, we had a good hunt, got to, got to pheasant hunt. That's the first time I've ever went pheasant hunting out there. And I think we hunted three nights. We treated a little over 30 coons. We had a, we had a real good hunt. Merlin and Jacob both were very good guys and showed us nothing but hospitality the time we was there. So I look forward to going back again next time. Yeah, maybe you can bring a bring a good mic with you that next time you can get it done. <laughs> um, what what you what do you think about the bird dogs? Have, have you ever been bird hunting at all? As far as I know, you said you've never been pheasant hunting, but have you ever been quail hunting? No, that's that's the first time I've ever used uh, dogs with birds at all. Oh, I guess yeah. that's, I've been I've been coon hunting obviously with with dogs and squirrel hunting, and I've I've chased some deer dogs. But other than that, I guess that'd be about all my. But all my my dog hunting I've ever done, but it was it was neat watching them work them fields and how they point. And it was it was definitely I, I enjoyed watching them dogs more than I did missing birds. Yeah. So before I was an oil field hand, this is a tidbit of information that probably nobody knows about. But before I was an oil field hand, right when I was out of high school, we. I used to actually guide quail hunts, really? and uh, yeah, work the bird dogs and everything else. When I was, you know, I was 18, 19 years old. That's the best job I ever had. Uh, I wish I could still be doing it today, but yeah, we uh, used to guide, and uh, you know, it was it wasn't a real it was real quail hunting. Like we would get the birds from Angola State Prison in Louisiana. They had the best quail. Like those guys. Man, they, they take care of those quail over there. But uh, anyway, we would uh, go and uh, to Angola pick the birds up, and we would, like, put them out. We had dogs and everything to work them, you know, because they wouldn't be where you put them out a lot of times. But uh, And you have to work the dogs. But I'll tell you what, you don't realize how many people go hunting that don't know anything about a firearm. I, was the, I had the, uh, the uh, title of being the only guy that, wasn't shot <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the same way that guy uh his name was mike I, I don't remember his last name he he guided us uh he's he said it's it's crazy how many people come up there and you, you got to watch your head they'll they'll shoot you well and they'll shoot your dog too especially if you got a low bird yeah and the dog breaks breaks from point uh which is why you don't want your dog to break the point. I don't really know anything about training bird dogs. I can work a bird dog. I mean, to me, I always figured bird dogs were pretty easy to train. They, they point pretty quick. It's pretty much just the demands that they, you know, I guess that's the hard part of training them. But, uh, yeah, if, a, if you got a low bird flying away from you and your dog breaks and somebody's shooting that bird when it's coming down, they can easily shoot your dog. That happened to a couple of good dogs we had. Um, I had a guy, I'd always get like a safety meeting before we'd start the hunt and you know i got done with the safety meeting and the, the guys one guy had his gun and he, he said do you know how to load this thing and i'm like man like you stay right beside me you don't don't go anywhere away from my hip right here <laughs> i want to have my eyes on you at all times but needless to say we had a good hunt it was a fun fun job i really enjoyed that it was pretty cool to be able to stick and say i did it i don't know if my nerves could take that or not but i'll leave, I'll yeah. leave that to you but 
anyway, back to this is this isn't Burger Hunting University, but uh, um, I, I always we we do pheasants too. <laughs> I said for pheasants, you know, they're so big, you know, but we put them out like in the, you know, for people to shoot, and we we have like milk crates. Sometimes we put over the quail, like we want to do like a cubby flush or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the pheasants, we have to put a piece of a cinder block on top of a milk crate. They knock it out. And, Wow. Be gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we wouldn't get to shoot our pheasants. We put a we can put a uh rock on top of that milk crate. But uh so <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, hunting um there and you were I know you said that you y'all threw what, thirty canes up there in Iowa? Yeah, we averaged I think nine one night, eleven another night and then like ten the third night or, or, or something along them lines. So we 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 trade about thirty and Made a few more trees we couldn't find nothing. Probably a few slicks, and but we we had a good hunt. Um, saw some good dog work. That little female that Barry had bought for me, she she looked really good. She the last two nights she dominated. That's that's, so, that's, and, that's Kitty's luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the uh, what's the hunting like up there in Iowa? Um, not much timber. Um, fence rows and a lot of crops. Uh, you'd, you'd think it was flat as a pancake, but it's, they, they got some hills, but there's, yeah. there's a, there ain't, there ain't really no big timber. Just, if you got a dog with a bus around the edge and tree country on the edge, you'd, you'd really show out up there. Yeah, I know, uh, I don't, I don't know where else you said y'all were at. Well, what part of Iowa, how far from Mississippi River were y'all? Uh, a couple hours. This is, we are... Okay. We're probably, I think it's like 35 miles west of Iowa City, between Iowa City and Des Moines. Okay, Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. How are you gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to. I worked on a tugboat when I was like right after I quit guiding quail hunts, but uh, I got laid off from offshore for a little, just a little bit when the oil tanked or whatever, and I had to go work on a tugboat for a little bit, and we we'd haul corn up there and. And I would we get off the boat, you know, make crew change or whatever. And I was, I was like you, I was surprised at how hilly it was. It's like rolling hills. It's beautiful. The corn's beautiful up there. But I mean, I was surprised it wasn't like the Mississippi Delta, you know? Yeah, I, I assumed it would be just flat and corn as far as a man could see. But it's they they got the hills. But it is yeah. it well, is yeah. pretty. It's it's thick. Oh man, it's thick. Oh. Around, especially like around them, around them fence rows, uh, you you gotta you better have a a good machete with you. Them briars are they're tough. Had you rather hunt? Had you rather hunt up there versus a big river bottom? Uh, give me a river bottom. Give me Arkansas river bottoms any day, anywhere I've ever been. That's just me though. That's 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 all preference. Um, I just like to train a dog that ain't just gonna blow out, hit an edge and blow out like a dog. It'll hunt, hunt them bottoms out. <clears throat> it's, I don't know something, something about a, a big river bottom. Just it's just beautiful to me. Yeah, I, I like it. Well, it's, especially if it's you know somewhere that I don't know. There's something almost nostalgic about being in you know 200 year old oak trees. You know. Yeah. I go over and hunt with Chad Dillon. Me and Chad Dillon's real good friends. I go over and hunt with him, and he's literally uh, like a mastermind when it comes to the White River. He knows that place inside and out. But me and him, I don't know how many times we hunted last year. 
over there, but man, that place is covered up. And I think last year was about the first year it was really accessible because because it had been flooded so many years. So uh, me, Jamie Painter, Caleb Pig, and Drake Robertson went over there the weekend and opened, and we treed I think 17 one night, and we quit. That was from like dark to 11:30, and then one night we treed like 13 or 15 and we <laughs> we got stuck one night uh about two hours there that we were down and then another night we i think we treed like nine those two nights there that we didn't really get to hunt late and then that one night we, we hunted pretty late but it i think we treed 40 something coons in, in three nights and just magnificent dog work and man did we do some walking yeah, but the water ain't bad at least. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's flat, and I mean, the water was down, so you didn't have to worry about getting around anything. So, I mean, it was safe, and we we found a, a spot, and when we got in the coons, and we were treating coons every 50 yards, and dogs would just everywhere you'd look, dogs would be treed. Uh, it's hour four; they'd be split 50, 100 yards apart. You cut them loose, they'd go on past the next one 50, 100 yards. Bam! We treed seven or eight coons in just a three or four hundred yard area right there it's something about that white river river bottom oh man it just it just that's my favorite yeah um i love any big river bottom like i mean just i've never coned on it in the white river i've actually duck hunted it before never coned on it but uh what do you think those coons do when the water comes up you know i've always wondered that in these big river bottoms where you know you got to think White River, there might not be a, a dry spot of land right there. The only way, I mean, that's a huge flood area. I mean, they'd have to go to the levee to be, you know what I mean, to yeah. one of the levees. And I asked uh, another uh, genius when it comes to the White River is uh, Clifton Crosby. Uh, Clifton, he's got a house right there. I can't remember. It's, it's one of those little small rivers or lakes that goes into the White River. I went and stayed with him and Chad and hunted one night, and Clifton's just a genius when it comes to the White River. And I asked him that same question, and he said, you wouldn't think it walking through there, but there there is a lot of high spots in in them river bottoms. He said uh, he found one high spot one time. I had, a, had an old house place. It had been there hundreds of years. Um, don't look... No telling, no telling when it was built, but it had been there a long, long time. It's, it's the high spot in that bottom. And they'll just, I, th I think they just try to get to the levee or these high spots and back toward these fields and survive as long as they can. And some of them die out. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've always wondered that myself, you know I mean? I know that there are, like you said, there are high spots in there, but I don't know. Uh, and when it comes to fishing, Clifton is, never seen nothing like it he he knows where to go when to go when the when the water's when the water's moving um it's clifton's a genius when it comes to that white river if you if you need any kind of knowledge uh clifton is is the man to call you kind of have a good uh connection with coon hunting as far as who you pleasure hunt with can we talk about that a little bit maybe uh what's it been like pleasure hunting with Barry all the time, have you learned anything, or, or have, you, have you have you become a better handler? Have you taught you some of those secrets that we hear about? <laughs> Probably people, not. Uh, I don't know about any good secrets or uh, secrets that I need to know, but yeah, Barry's taught me a lot, and 
You mean no secrets that you can say on the podcast? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I, uh, I really cherish mine and Barry's relationship. Um, he's he's actually talked me into coming to work for him full time and selling crawlspace jobs for him. So I guess he thinks I'm. I don't know if I'm a smooth talker or what it is, but he, he saw something in me that that, that that most people don't, and I've I've done well with it so far. Um, but yeah, I, I really cherish getting to hunt with Barry. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people look at it different than I do, but a lot of these old guys, like these legends, like uh, like Barry and Clay Young and uh, Tam Young, lives over here. Man, getting to be around them and and hunt with them every night, man, just it, it means more to me. Than, than winning the world hunt to be honest um, just getting to learn and getting to hear them stories and yeah, I don't know it just it, it means a lot uh, I can I can attest to that as far as you know I hope Mr. Eddie me and him hunt together a good bit and uh, you know same way with us you know I cherish that I, he's become a great friend of mine and a mentor whether he knows it or not but he's, he's taught me a lot he kind of he kind of got a pride out of him every now and then he won't just uh you know, give it, you know, as much. He doesn't want you to feel like he's trying to, you know, but once he figures out you're willing to accept it, he'll teach you whatever you want to know, you know? Yeah, same way Barry is. Um, he, he's he's taught me a lot, just working dogs and how to how to fix something. And uh, I said, he's, he's been hunting for, for 50 something years. So he, probably longer than that, he's, he's, he's 61. Yeah, I guess about 50 years. So. I mean, he's about a, a walking encyclopedia when it comes to a dog, and he's super smart about taking care of one and and how he uh, how to doctor on one. And he's taught me so much. Uh, it's it's really unreal, and I, and I appreciate everything he's done for me with dogs and away from dogs. He's I didn't really know Barry up until I guess about February. Me and Jamie Painter were real close, and Jamie had moved out here for a little while. And, I met Barry through him, and oh, me and Barry just become real good friends after that. And I hunt with him nearly about every night. So. I and y'all have some good hunting down there where you're at. Uh, yeah, um, a lot better than you know. I grew up in Central Alabama, and it's 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 literally hell on earth to be honest with you. <laughs> but cut up, cutovers and pine thickets, man. It's it's terrible and just bluffs and three or four five hundred foot elevation changes it's it's literally the worst hunting that you can ever imagine but coming up here uh me and barry uh i don't know about as far as permission goes but we we, we hunt a lot of good spots <laughs> um I know my light lasts a lot longer hunting with Barry than it did before because I, I have to keep it off 90% of the time, but y'all can, can read between the lines on that one. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> so I save on the electric. Speaking of light, the Coon Hunting University brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. You can use that 5% discount code on 900.com. <laughs> Superior step up to the max. Conkeys outdoors, man. That new long-range antenna Conkeys has is awesome. Mr. Eddie bought him one, and he picked up his collar 2.9 miles. Wow! In the middle of Gulfport. That's yep. wild. 
I know. He, he, he just started driving, he said, and uh, picked it up. Hmm. I, I said, wow. Yeah. And the odor, nylon, the razor, hunting gear, that's, they make great products. And, uh, I mean, they sold a million of them. It seems like now everybody's probably already got one, but uh, if you don't, go check them out. They are now available for order, not just pre-order. And, uh, GNR Cedar Dog Box, man. I mean, they got a great box. I got a box from the trailer that I'm hauling from one house to the other right now. I'm actually driving. I got my hands free on, so not breaking any life-saving rules. But uh, <laughs> great box, really is. And uh, that's all I can say about them. So the bills are paid for this podcast. But uh, um, but the bills are paid. I, I just want to take a second to to thank everybody that's come on as a sponsor. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to. To name all of them, because I'll leave somebody out, but I just want everybody to know that this that has stepped up and reached out to us as far as wanting to be part of this. That that I truly appreciate you and just say thank you to all the people that listen to this. And we're sorry that, like I said, we're sorry we can't. We didn't have an interview this week. We had some unfortunate things happen and some very fortunate things have, have happened uh, with me and my wife having a, a baby boy and. and so unfortunate would be with you and the the used music store, Mike. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I hate that, that happened to you because I think it's been a great podcast. You had a great co-host, and and uh, I just want to take a second to, uh, you know, <clears throat> you're you're moving right there close to him. I just want to take a second. Uh, everybody, keep Michael Moody in your prayers. He's he's going through a lot right now. Um, Tyler know a lot more about it than I do. I just what little I see is what. Michael releases on Facebook, but Michael's as, as good as they come when it comes to coon hunting. And he is, he has came up and helped. He's come up with so many great ideas here lately and has helped PKC in this sport tremendously in the past couple of years. Um, it's, it, uh, this wouldn't be nowhere near what it, what it is if it wasn't for Michael. And, and I know, uh, God's watching out for him, and whatever whatever's going on, God's is in God's plans. But I I hope the best for Michael and um, anybody that can reach out and let him know that you're thinking of him and pr- praying for him. It's... Yeah, Mason, I'll I'll piggyback off of that. You're you're exactly right. And, uh, I, my, Michael. I won't be living with about 30 minutes from where Michael is when I move up here. But I just, man, I couldn't hardly watch that last video put out about having tears. And, you know, I told Michael this. I told him that he's made me question my own faith in a good way. You know, there's good ways to question your faith. You know, he's made me question, do I have the... I don't have near as much faith as him. I figured that out. That was one thing that I questioned about myself. And I feel like he's actually brought me closer to, to my faith and closer to God. And, you know, for him to say what he said, he said, either way I win when talking about this cancer. And for somebody to make that statement, that takes a lot of faith. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that is just, that's, I, I, I can't even describe that, but I mean, yeah, I'm praying for Michael every day, and I'm not, 
I'm not going to say anything on here that he hadn't released yet to, to anybody. I, I probably do know a little bit more than what's said on the uh, that's in the latest update. But uh, I'm gonna just let him come out and tell what he wants to tell. And uh, but I am keeping him in my thoughts and prayers, of course, every day. He's a great guy, and I, I know Brendan Tony went live the other day. He's done. Uh, took over the, the series from Michael temporarily to, while Michael's in a <clears throat> treatment at MD Anderson. And uh, Brendan has some good updates, but I will. If he listens to this, I'll tell him he, he needs a uh, needs a whiteboard and he uh, he needs to be standing up. <laughs> if, he tried to, if he tried to, I mean, come on now, Brendan. <laughs> you can do a little bit better. Um, <laughs> another person. I'm just messing with him. He's a great job. Oh yeah, another person. Uh, I, I doubt you know him, Tyler. Uh, he just had a heart attack. Thirty-six year old just had a heart attack. He lives kind of close to us. We just done a little, a little raffle to help raise a little money on my Facebook. Uh, we raffled off a little twenty-two rifle. Jess Parsons had a heart attack while hunting. I believe it was Monday night before last. I believe it was the night of Labor Day. Um, but he's. I think they had to go in and put maybe a pacemaker in. His his heart rate had got down to like. 35 or 37 he was they told him if he if he wouldn't have got to the hospital when he did that he'd be dead but everybody keep him in your thoughts and prayers as well uh, Jess great dude he I've always enjoyed being around him he's that whole bunch will keep you laughing but y'all uh, y'all keep him and his family in your prayers as well yeah for sure yeah well what do you think what do you think about the the? We haven't ever talked about this on the podcast, but since you you brought up Michael and and everything, what do you think about the series that Michael created and along with Brendan's help? I'm not going to say Brendan didn't help him because I know Brendan did, but uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I love it. Um, I I really do. I think it, it's gonna it's gonna help tremendously on, on some of the races. The only thing I wish they'd have done a little bit different is they gave one of them spots to the youth to kind of that uh, 120 or $125,000, however much they're, they're giving away. They, that could really kickstart a youth's life in so many ways, maybe a house, start a business, college, something. I wish maybe instead of one of the, one of the 16 spots, I, I wish they'd have done a little different and give, give to a youth instead. But, that's not my call, but I think it's a, I think it's all a great idea. I think they're going in the right direction. Um, I think it'll it'll I think it'll help boost numbers and and I like the uh, the five dollar deal that Dylan Hovey come up with too. As far as uh, I think two of them goes to two dollars goes to the state escrow, two dollars goes to either the youth or the world hunter, vice versa. I, I really like that idea too, and it'll really give these state leaders and people that run for state races um a little bit more incentive come come the end of the year so we'll see how that works out uh i, I like all these ideas everybody's coming up with and i love that how our sport's growing and and, and i hope we can keep doing this the, the way we do and and we just thrive and just I, I think the sky's the limit with coon hunting and it's we're moving in the dry, right direction and we just Got to keep pushing. Yeah. Um, 
I don't even think I've told you this. I haven't, I haven't talked about this at all, but I'm going to talk about it on this podcast. See if anybody else is interested in helping me out with this because uh, I brainstormed this idea after listening to Josh Michaelis and Jed Finley on the Fuel by Joy podcast. Um, they were talking about how you need to get a youth, pay for their way to go to a major hunt, uh, you know, just help them out. And I said, you know, that's a great idea. I said, uh, you know, I bet that we could get a team together. And by definition, this would be a grant for for a youth hunter or whoever. And uh, we would uh, – so what we would do is we would have a, a team get some sponsors together, and we would choose three youth based off of a – essay contest maybe for the youth nationals would be the hunt that we could do it for but we would have them uh write an essay a bunch of them about why they love coon hunting why they what this would mean to them to be able to get this and we could pay three kids way to go to the youth nationals uh all expenses paid for entry fees everything uh and get we could have sponsors could put you in some money, and I think we could do it for about two thousand dollars, maybe twenty five hundred, which is nothing. We could get that in sponsorships easy. I this would so. be some great exposure. I think uh, so too. And you have I haven't even told you about this because it, it I actually brainstormed the day before Briar with Brett. Oops, I said Brett <laughs> born. <laughs> I sent I sent I sent Chance Parker a picture of him, and he said uh. He said, dang, you might be a good reproducer. He kind of looks like he. I said, yeah, mate. <laughs> but uh, I don't know about that. But uh, anyway, so I brainstormed the day before I was going to talk to Chris Freiberg about it. I actually talked to Josh Kales about this, and he was all about it. you know. Uh, and what we would do is we'd pick five independent people to be able to review these essays. So we would say maybe we could have three coon hunters review them, and then Josh said he could get some maybe bird hunter guys to even review them. You know, that way we'd have a, a broad – you know, people to choose this, choose the essays, and we would pay these three kids ways, you know, to the youth nationals or whatever. But if anybody's listening to owns a business or, uh, you know, has any connections and y'all, it's something that you would like to get involved in and maybe help us out with, hit me up on the Facebook page, at Coon Hunting You, and uh, we can get it going because it's something that I really want to do and to help out the youth, you know, help out some some kids. Yeah, that's a great idea, Tyler. Uh, I know when I was when I first started coming up, I was already just 15, 16 year old. And if it wasn't for those few people that, that kind of helped me along the way, there's no way I could have been able to go and, and do what I'd done without them. So um, I really appreciate the people that step up. I mean, I, I try to I try to pay pay it forward now as much as I can. But well, hmm. Kitty Crossface. Uh, inspection, y'all gonna be y'all gonna be the headline sponsor, right? <laughs> I talked I, I talk to Barry, you know how tight he is. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it it could really help some kids out, you know. And it and you couldn't really you're not gonna be able to do it based off kids that can't pay their way. But I'll give them a hint right now. You know, if it's a kid that this is the only opportunity that he would have to get up there. Maybe mention it in that essay. Say, hey, look, I'm not going to be able to go up there if it's not for this, this grant. Right. You know, uh, but it's hard. We can't just say, hey, we're only taking kids that wouldn't have the opportunity because how do you bet that? Yeah, but, you know. Maybe, I mean, kids know how, how usually know how fortunate and how unfortunate they are. So surely 
Um, they'll do the best they can. Um, the, the ones that can't really make it without help, maybe they'll do it. And the ones that, that know that they, they're going to make it regardless, um, we'll let them that, that, that know they can't do it without some help uh, kind of go ahead. But anyway, I, I, I like the idea, and maybe that's something we need to brainstorm on a little bit more and, and try to try to get the ball rolling. And I, we we've done pretty good with that with that sort of stuff so yeah and you know we we we, we tried to do the uh raffle once a month for uh youth hunt for a youth hunt the benefit of youth hunt <laughs> the last one didn't feel and i'm not i'm not one i'm not i'm 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 not one to sit here and uh let people's money be tied up very long on a waffle a Facebook waffle, so I refund the money and close. But maybe that's something we can get started back once hunting, once people get started back hunting in the winter time. You know, something I want to start back doing. Right. Uh, and I don't, I don't know of any uh, big hunts coming up or anything like that besides the Michael Moody benefit hunt. It's going to be November fourth and fifth, I think. Okay, that's first. Which is actually the that. same. Yeah, it's a thousand dollar entry fee. It's going to be in Crowville, Louisiana. Contact Jesse Lively. It's going to be your contact for that. But uh, yeah, that's they're going to have a benefit hunt for Michael. It's going to be a pro classic. I think sixty four dollars maybe. I'm gonna have to double check myself on that. I'm driving, so I can't really look. But uh, so that's going to be a benefit for Michael, and that's also the same weekend as the Mississippi State hunt. It's that weekend too, and there's a hundred dollar legacy hunt with six hundred added in conjunction with the Mississippi State UKC hunt, but it's going to be on the Thursday, November third. So I know of those hunts that are going on, uh, but that's some great hunting over in Crowville, man. I mean, I know a thousand dollars might be a little steep for somebody, and it's steep for me too. Uh, I don't know if I have a dog in there or not, but uh, uh, but that's a great event either way uh and i know michael i don't care how fortunate you are or your family is when you start talking about cancer treatment and you're staying in houston you're driving back and forth i mean that bill gets big quick you know insurance cuts off at a certain point right uh so that i mean that's going to go a long way to help michael out you know i mean is it, I mean, as much as he's helped the coon hunting world, we can help him. You know, I mean, I know some people were, were mad about the, the series that he created and said it's not for the working man, it's not for this. Well, I mean, it really, it is. I mean, but we're not in a spot in coon hunting to where you can pay a $30 entry and hunt for, for $30,000 because we don't have corporate sponsorships. We have great sponsors in coon hunting. I'm not saying anything. It's, but, I mean, it's not like... Uh, Chevrolet sponsoring a hunt where you can where you can do that, you know. So, uh, I mean, what Michael was doing, even my an event, male and female leader, now that's giving a chance to a working man to be able to, you know, to be able to succeed, right? And to win a hundred fifty thousand dollars, I think. On the rich man's dime, basically, you know, because I mean, the pro classics are paying for this. You know, the 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 four thousand dollars, sixteen dollar pro classics, the twelve of them, they're paying them the end entry fee. Right. You know, so you're hunting for their money, really. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, so what Michael did was for the working man. That's the best that we can do right now. I mean, I know nothing's perfect, but he 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 tried to make it as much about the working man as he can. And I like the fact that he went to the six, the top 16 on it all because that gives you an opportunity to slide in there. You know, I mean, if, it, if they're only taking one, then, you know, I mean, once I get way behind, I'm not going to try to chase that anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think what Michael did, he was trying to do it for the working man. Oh, yeah, and you can't please everybody. Everybody's going to have their different opinion and different views on it. So uh, you just do the best you can, and <clears throat> uh, the rest will fall in place. Yeah, I heard uh, I, I heard that meter boxes are no longer safe within coon hunting. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> We're not even going to talk about that. Don't even, but, uh, don't even I thought... get on that subject. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get off here, I, like I said, we'll thank everybody for list, who listens and who has listened this far to us ramble about this. But uh, do you got anything to add for you? Sign off? Cause I'm about to lose service here. I'm turning on by Mount Olive. No, I'd just like to like to thank everybody for for listening. Um, we got we got a quite a few real good ones lined up. Uh, we got regionals. This world hunt qualifier coming up following with the world hunt and me and i know me and zach and i think me and eddie's gonna sit down with with one or two if he can make it uh i know i got some some real good ones lined up me and zach's got a few together that we're gonna do uh i think we got big things coming here uh, we just gotta keep on pushing and i wish everybody that that could would do it um there's more to it than just on here bragging and telling you stories. I, I mean, I, I love, I, and I think everybody else is the same thing. Everybody loves just getting on here and hearing everybody else's stories, where they come from and how they got to be and what they've done. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting to me listen, sitting here and listening to everybody's story. But anyways, I appreciate all the listeners and sponsors and, and everybody yeah. that makes this happen. And I appreciate you, Tyler, for, for bringing me on. I think I think we've done well with it. And uh, luckily, I, I've got a good connection with a bunch of fine coon hunters that, that allow me to let them interview them. And I appreciate them as well. And so you got anything left before we get out of here, get, off, get done rambling? It's it's wild, but anyways, uh, we didn't really mean for this to go on. But yeah, I'll let you get off here. No, I didn't either. Uh, we need to start doing this uh, more often. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, we need to get on. I've had a lot. Of, I did too. I've had a lot of people call me and ask me to. They want to hear our stories, where where I come from, how you started coon hunting. And I think Zach's about the only one that's got to get on here and do that. So we need to somehow do it and kind of give everybody our story our background a little bit one day so yeah i think that'd be pretty cool buddy we'll have to do it but uh 